Praise the Lord. Welcome to the official GVPC podcast. My name is Pastor Chris Keats. I am the pastor of Gila Valley Pentecostal Church in Safford, Arizona. We're so glad to have you here listening to this podcast. We pray that it richly blesses you. And God bless you. that's happening in this hour the thing is you don't have to go far you don't have to go far to look at, at what's going on in in this nation if you know that people you, you've heard of people wanting a preferred pronoun you you hear about uh, you know uh, gay marriage gay marriage and you hear about all this stuff that's going on people don't know who they are and if there's anything that's happening in this hour that there's an identity crisis happening in this hour and the reason why there's an identity crisis happening in this hour is because people don't know who God is. There's a, there's a news article that I, that I was reading the other day that over 30% of Americans in the last couple years has gone up that people are not, that the newer generation don't believe in God. That churches all across America are emptying right now. That churches like this are being boarded up and shut down. Because there, there is a famine happening in the land. And that's what I want to talk about tonight. And before I get started, um, let's just bow our heads in reverence. And I promise you that I'm going to be making some sense here pretty soon. I'm just trying to get the wiggles out right now. I'm just trying to get the nervousness out. And once the nervousness gets out, then the anointing is going to flow. Amen. Um, let's just bow our heads in reverence and let's pray. And Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you. We magnify you. We worship you, O God. And Lord Jesus, we cannot do anything without you, Lord Jesus Christ. You said that the true worshipers are going to worship you in spirit and in truth. And God, if we do not worship you in spirit and truth, God, it is hopeless. It is pointless, God, to do anything without you, Lord Jesus Christ. It is pointless, God, to try to, to teach, to preach without the anointing, Lord Jesus Christ. For your word says that it is the anointing that breaks the yoke of bondage tonight. So, Lord Jesus Christ, we come before you humbly, God, desiring, Lord Jesus, your word tonight. And God, we say these things in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, and we all said amen. amen. Oh, amen. And uh, foremost, I want to give honor to my pastor. I want to give honor to my beautiful wife. And I want to give honor to you that it is an honor to preach to the saints of the Most High God. Amen. And I'm, I'm going to get in my message. If, if you guys would stand up for the, for the uh, reading of the word. The title of my message tonight is, it's, and Nathaniel mentioned uh, um, the other day, he, he was talking about the meat of the kingdom. And that's going to be the title of my message tonight is, the, the title of my message tonight is called the meat of the kingdom. And let's go to Amos chapter 8 and verse 11. <clears throat> and when you guys are there, say amen. 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 
Behold, the days come, saith the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst of water, but the hearing of the words of the Lord. And I'm going to say that again. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, not a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And my message again is the meat of the kingdom, and you can be seated. So the meat of the kingdom, and you know what, and I just, I just want to say a couple things, that tonight, I'm, I'm going to try, try to teach tonight. I'm going to try to teach tonight, but I am, I'm the kind of teacher when I'm having Bible studies in my home that I like to get involved with, I like to get involved with, with the person that I'm teaching. So I'm going to be asking you guys some questions today. And the thing is, I know when we went to school before, when the teacher called on you, like, good night, like, nervous. So I... Uh, the thing is, I'm going to be calling on you guys tonight. I'm going to be asking some questions. I'm trying to, I want to get, get involved. And this is, this is a, a teaching that I'm going to try to convey to you. And Jesus, when Jesus, when he, when he was walking on earth in his earthly ministry, the thing is, he would sit by the seaside. He would go in the synagogues. And he didn't just do all the talking, that there was a two-way conversation that went on. And that's how teaching goes on. So just bear with me. So the meat of the kingdom is something that Jesus mentioned a couple times in the book of John. Today we'll look at what it means when Jesus mentioned the meat of the kingdom and what it is. And I have a couple questions for you guys. So when Jesus, talked, when Jesus talks about the meat of the kingdom, do you think that he's talking about something physical? No. no. Okay. Do you think he's talking about, is this meat that he's talking about, is he talking about the Lord's Supper? No. No? Okay. We're on the right track, see? Amen. But and, and, and I'm going to explain all this through the word of God. But the meat of the kingdom is number one. It's the will of God. It's a job. And the meat is also the will and the word of God. That's what the meat of the kingdom is. It's the will and the word of God. And, I, and, and trust me, I'm going to try to explain this as easily as I, as I can. And if, if there is a... If there is a famine, and, and you know, in John chapter 1, it says that the Word was with God and the Word was God. So we know that the Word is Jesus made flesh. So if there is a famine of the one who brings fulfillment, where else do we go to find fulfillment? And let me give some context to that, man. So, so the three things that I'm trying to say, so the meat of the kingdom is the will of God. It's a job, and it's... it's and also the meat is the will and the word of God. So these things, these three things that I described, it brings fulfillment in your life. It brings fulfillment. It's because if, if I know the will and the word of God, I know the thing is like the word of God. How do I know how to... How do I know how to get to the to enter into the kingdom of heaven? How do I know what it means to live holy? How, what does it mean to, to, to take the Lord's Supper? What does it mean to examine myself whether I be in the faith or not? It's the word of God. In the word of God, you begin to discover what the will what his will is. That it that it is it is his will that we repent. It is his will that we're born again of the water and the spirit. It is his will that hero Israel, the Lord our God, is one Lord. It is his will that if uh, since he is holy, that I must be holy. Am I making sense? Amen. 
So if there is a famine of the one who brings fulfillment, my question to you guys tonight is, where else do we go to find fulfillment? And I'm going to explain. So let's go to, you guys can be, still be seated. You don't have to stand. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 29 and verse 18. And this, is, and this is what the word says. And I have a bunch of scripture tonight that I'm going to try to get it as fast as I can. Proverbs 29, 18 says this. Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. And I want, just want to give some context to this. That people perish because there is no vision. It's interesting to note that the word of God brings vision. And the reason I say that is the word vision translates to seer. Prophets were also called seers. So I, I, you, you can literally say this. In, in this way, where there is no prophet, the people perish. So they, so prophets, they were a mouthpiece for the word of God. And also your pastor and your bishop also is a mouthpiece for God. So the word used in Amos, Amos chapter 8 where we are reading is the spoken word that God spoke to the prophets. He said that there's not going to be a famine of bread. There's not going to be a famine of water, but there's going to be a famine of the word of God. And the thing is, if, if, you, if like I said in the beginning, if there is any hour where you can see where there is a famine of the word of God, it's the hour that we're living in right now. And I said it, that there's an identity crisis that's happening in this land. The reason that pe that young people, that they take their life, the, the reason that these young people, that they get into the lifestyle that they do is not only the trauma that they've gone through, but the reason that they do those kinds of things is because they don't know God and they don't know his word. It's because God's word and his will brings fulfillment. And that's what I'm trying to tell you, that, that this scripture is being fulfilled before our very eyes. That, there, that there's not a famine of bread and water. I can go to the store right now and I can get a hundred loaves of bread right now. I can go get a couple cases of water. But the thing is, when we street preach that there is a famine of the word of God in the land, you can see it. I can go back into the 1920s. Kids weren't cutting themselves. Kids weren't gauging their ears. Kids weren't, weren't doing these things. I'm not saying that it didn't exist, like suicide in, in the young ones, but it's more prevalent. Am I making sense? And so, and, and let's, let's go to, to, in the same chapter, in Amos chapter 8, let's read what verse 12 says. And this, and this is the result of the famine that's happening in the land. It says, and they shall wander from sea to sea and from the north, even to the east. They shall run to and fro to seek of the word of the Lord and they shall not find it. They shall not find it. And, and, that's, and that's scary. So when God's will is done, his people are fulfilled and I know that I keep on throwing that word fulfilled out there, and I just want to give you a definition of what fulfilled is. 
and when I, when I, when I looked this up, I'm, my mind was blown, is fulfilled, the definition is to bring to completion or reality, to achieve or realize something desired, promised or predicted. And so I'm talking about the meat of the kingdom, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna get I'm gonna get into the meat of what I'm trying to talk about. And so by show of hands, and I and I, and I'm gonna be transparent with you, and I am I'm preaching to myself tonight. I'm preaching to myself tonight. You know about this message that I'm teaching tonight is I thought that I was going to preach this when I was on cloud nine. I thought I was going to teach this when I was on fire and I was going to be able to tell you with all zeal and passion of like, oh man, you need to get a hold of this thing. You need to get the need of the kingdom. But God has, I feel like God has brought me to this perspective where when I'm preaching right now that I feel like I'm sitting in this pew. Feeling like I'm sitting in this pew is because Okay, let, let me just, I'm going to ask my question. By show of hands, by show of hands, do you honestly feel like you are doing the will of God in your life right now? Let's be honest. By show of hands, do you think that you are doing the will of God perfectly in your life right now? Anybody? Anybody? I said, show of hands. Does anybody feel like they're doing the will of God? What? I think we urge you. Oh, well, I didn't see any hands. I just, man. And, you know, that's scary. That's scary that no hands went up. My, my hand didn't go up. Because what I'm trying to say is that the meat of the kingdom, it brings fulfillment in the believer. That God's word, it brings us joy, it brings us peace, it brings us clarity, it brings us vision. And like I said, how the prophet was the mouthpiece of God, and I said where there is no vision, the people perish. The thing is, have you ever been in a time where God's voice has been silent in your life? If, if you go through those seasons that God's voice is silent in your life, you're not just skipping on cloud nine when God's silent in your life. And Nathaniel, he said it perfectly last Wednesday. And I'm going to go along with what he said. When God is not speaking to you in your life and when you don't feel like you're doing the will of God, guess what happens? You get distracted. Because guess what? If we're not getting fulfillment from God, we're going to get fulfilled elsewhere. We're going to get fulfilled elsewhere. But the thing is, the, the thing is, God is standing there the entire time. And he's saying, come to me. Repent. Turn from your ways. Seek me. Draw nigh unto me and I'm going to draw nigh unto you. But sometimes in these seasons, instead of humbling ourselves and realizing what we're doing, is we're so stubborn. And the time that we call upon Him is when life is totally falling apart. We, we go a million miles away just being hard-headed when being fulfilled was just one step away. You know, I'm sorry, Lord. I, I'm sorry for, for being rebellious. I, I'm sorry for, do, for doing this. I, I, I repent. Please forgive me. Some 
thoughts in regards to the meat of the kingdom is, is just as food. The food brings a sense of fulfillment. When you eat the same, when you eat, the same example goes for the meat of the kingdom. It does not only feed you, but the meat of the kingdom feed, uh, feeds others around you. And what I'm trying to say is that there are people out there. The, the thing is, you'll get out of your you'll get out of your season where where you feel far away from God. You'll get out of your get out of that season, and you'll start being on fire for God again. You'll have that zeal. You'll get that passion. But the thing is that for the people that are alive on fire with the zeal, is there are people out there that don't have the meat of the kingdom of God. They're not fulfilled. The Bible says without the spirit of God, without Christ, that you're dead. And that's what I'm trying to tell you, is that the meat of the kingdom, it doesn't only fulfill you, but the thing is it's given to us to feed others, to go to the lost, to go to the broken, to go to the blind, to go to the destitute, to go to them. The thing is, that when, when we get to this place, we're not just supposed to lay down there and just die. But we need to repent, turn to God. Because there's people out there that are starving. They're starving. They're dying. And, and so and, 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 and there's, a, there's a couple examples of what the meat is. The, 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 the meat of the kingdom is it's, it's a... a it's a number of things, and, and hopefully I'm just, that, you, that I'm making sense. And I know I keep on saying that, but. Okay. And the second part of my first question is, I'm going to be honest, is here lately is, is when Nathaniel preached last Wednesday. About distraction, I, I'm, I'm part of that number. I've been distracted here lately. And I'm going to be honest with you that I, I don't feel that fulfillment that I did when I was on, when I was on fire and, and had the zeal. And, and you know, that's such a crazy thing that I'm standing up here and, and telling you. Because, you know, when, when somebody gets on this pulpit, they're supposed to be strong, that everything's supposed to be perfect, that nothing happens. But that's, that's so far from the truth. You know, and this is, I'm going to, you know, and I'm just trying to be transparent. I'm trying to be honest with you. I don't have some revelatory thing where I'm trying to crack open the windows of heaven tonight and, and, and be extra and jump and shout and, and get in your face and spit in your face. That's not what I'm trying to do tonight. But, but I am not, and I know that I'm not the only one, but I'm telling you. You, I can feel it, and I know that you guys can feel it too, that this has been such a weird year. It really has. The thing is, if you, if you guys have not realized yet that when we come in here to pray on Wednesdays and Sundays, it's weird. Am, am, I, am I speaking another language? Am I just living in a, in a false reality? I know that you guys can feel it. That this, that with the whole COVID-19, that, that fear has already stepped in. And, I, and Nathaniel and I, we were talking about the other night that I feel like there's so much confusion that there's fear and distraction. Like it's been, you know, and this is off my notes, but it's been prophesied over this church that this is supposed to be a revival church. 
that we are, we are one of the few beacons of truth in this town. That, and I know that we you've heard it a million times, but Jesus is coming back. Tonight in prayer, I, mean, I, was, I was telling God, if, if you were to come back right now, I don't know if I'm going to make it. That's how I feel. That's what I've been feeling in my spirit. And I'm going to go back to my, to my but I, that's what I'm trying to convey is the meat of the kingdom. It will fulfill. It will fulfill you. It, that the meat of the kingdom, it will fulfill you. It will give you purpose. It will give you destiny. It will give you a calling. That you will wake up knowing what you are destined for. That I, I feel like when we start getting distracted, that we start going down the motions of what a person in the world must feel like. Let's go to John chapter 4, verse 34. And so just to give some context of this story that Jesus was talking to this, uh, to this Samaritan woman. And so, well, Jesus, before, that, before Jesus was talking to this woman, that Jesus told his disciples, hey, here's some money. What I want you to do is I want you to go into Samaria and I want you to go get some food. And so while the, the, the disciples, while they were getting food... Jesus, or Jesus was talking to this Samaritan woman. Hey, I know that you've been married to more than one husband, but hey, go and sin no more. Your sins are forgiven. He was, he was redeeming her. He was giving her hope. He was fulfilling her by telling her that, hey, you don't have to feel that condemnation anymore. You don't have to feel that shame anymore. So what he was doing is he was giving her something. He was giving her meat from heaven. He was giving her the word of God. And, but anyway, and so, so the disciples, they get back and, and, and they're like, Jesus, eat, eat. Here, here's the food that we got you. Here, here's, here's the number two that you wanted with the large fries and whatnot. Here you go. Eat. And Jesus is like, no. Jesus is, he's like, no. And this is what he says. And I was thinking about this today. I'm like, I'd be a little bit salty too if I got this response from Jesus. But anyway. He said, Jesus saith unto them, my need is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. Are, are you serious? We literally just traveled miles and miles to go get all this food. And you say that the, this meat is to do the, uh, the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. To finish his work. And, and what, that mean, what, what that means when, when Jesus said that to finish his work. What the work he was going to finish was to bring salvation unto men. And let's go to John chapter, the next verse. Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. So Jesus says that this meat is the will, and immediately goes into describing a harvest. This fulfillment comes from putting our hands in the harvest. The fulfillment, the will of God is to go into the field that's white and ready for harvest. Man, what Jesus perfectly describes what his will is. 
he, he tells he tells his disciples that the work that I'm going to finish is bringing salvation to men. Who's the one that first tasted salvation? It was the disciples. But where did the disciples go? Is they went to the lost. They went to the broken. Jesus is describing perfectly here what the will of God is. He said he says this. He's, that Jesus says that this meat is the wheel and immediately goes into describing the harvest. This fulfillment comes from putting our hands to the plow. And, and, uh, and it says in verse 36, and it, it says, And he that reapeth, uh, reapeth receiveth wages and gathereth fruits unto life eternal, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. And here's, the, and here's the good news. Here's the good news. Is you might not feel called, you might not feel called to, to, to sow the word to someone. But you might be the, the, you might be the final person that, that brings the person to the Lord. Let's just say Amberlynn, Amberlynn, she had Bible, she had, she had the Bible studies. But nothing was really going on that she was, that person that she was giving Bible studies to was still, eh, but you are the person that showed her the love, that you showed her something that she couldn't, but you reap what she sowed. Am I making sense? Is, is, is Nathaniel, he might be a sower, but he's not a reaper. But the thing is, we all got a specific job that, that God has given us. That... That not every the thing is when 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 farmers Jacob will tell you when farmers they they plant cotton, not everybody does the same job. Not everybody does the same. Raymond, you're going to be the ditch digger. Uh, Daryl, you're going to be you're going to be putting those pipes in, in the ditch. To, to bring water. Hey, you're. Uh, hey, uh, Michaela, you're gonna be. You're gonna get in that tractor and you're gonna. Pray, uh, you're gonna spray the pesticides. Nathaniel, you're gonna be the cotton picker. And so, everybody has a different job. And 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 what I'm trying to tell you is, you don't have to be. You don't have to be discouraged. There's so many ways that you can be a sower. There's so many different ways that you can be a reaper in the harvest. But I'm telling you right now that the meat of the kingdom is to do the will of God. It's to get our hands in the harvest. And I can't stress this enough. Is the reason that God's will is perfectly said in another verse as well. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And whoever believeth on him shall not perish. That's why God came into the world. He didn't come into the world to look pretty. He didn't come into the world to play patty cake. He didn't come into the world to just, just nonchalantly do nothing. But he came into the world to save he gave us this glorious gospel to tell someone about Jesus. I'm telling you, I'm telling you that you're either a sower or a reaper that God has, that God has placed a calling on your life. That, you know, it goes without saying that, that a calling is just not this platform. That a calling is just not this microphone. A calling is just not this guitar or a piano. You know, and, and I'm not and I'm not knocking on praises because Psalms it says that praise is comely. It literally means that that says that praise is beautiful to God. That the Bible says that God inhabits the praises of His people. Praise is important. I'm not knocking it, 
But I'm telling you that there is a harvest. There, 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 there's a harvest out there that's, that's white and ready. That's one of my prayers is, is before I go door, door knocking. Before I go door knocking or throughout my day is, Lord, I know that someone is crying behind those doors. I know that someone's crying in, in their home with a, with a loaded gun, with a needle in their arm. I know that someone's contemplating to take their life, but Lord Jesus, you've given me the gospel. You've given me the good news. You've, you've endued me with power from on high. Send me, Lord. Order my steps. Send me to someone that needs to hear the gospel. Send me to someone that needs salvation. I cannot tell you how many days that that I was that I would. I, I don't mean to call him out, but I, I, I can't tell you how many days that we came, that I came to his house after we were done street preaching, that we were literally rejoicing like the apostles after, you know, in the book of Acts, rejoicing that someone received the gospel, rejoicing that demons got casted out of someone, rejoicing that someone let us lay hands upon them. I, you know, and it's just not my hobby, and it's just not my passion. But I can tell you from from my experience and my testimony that when when I go to a soul, when I go to someone, that I feel so much fulfillment when I tell them about Jesus and when I tell them about the gospel. Is that's what we are put on earth for? That's why you were redeemed. You know. And it just goes to show where the mentality is here in America. I can ask you, I can ask 99% of people, why, why, why did you decide to be born again? Why do you go to church? Because I want to go to heaven. Is that the only reason that you want to go to heaven? Is just to go to heaven? Oh, I don't want to go to hell, so I go here. <laughs> Do you, you realize the mindset that I'm telling you about? That's not the will of God. For you to just, oh, because I don't want to go to hell, and I want to go to heaven. And I heard there's mansions up there. No. We're a body. We're brothers and sisters. We're, we're meant to edify and exhort one another. We're supposed to join hand in hand. We're supposed to pray together. We're supposed to labor together. There's a harvest that is white and ready for harvest. So, let's go to John chapter 6. I'm so good on time. John chapter 6. As real food we consume, it's in our nature and it's instilled in us to consume, to consume. You know, I, I don't know if you know this or not, but there's a difference between communism and capitalism. The thing is, we live in a capitalist nation. And the thing is, that what they say of America, that we're, a, we're, a cons we're a consumer, a con consumerists. That's what we are. The thing is, you go down the street, you, you go down to the street, there's billboards. You go down to the street that you look a 360 out in public that something that something or someone or somebody's trying to sell you something. And so it's instilled in us to consume, 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 whether it be media, 
music, food, conversation. We are constantly are being filled with something. But Jesus was teaching a new way of living that it should be God that supplies our every need in this journey. The world relies on its fix from worldly means, but we should be the opposite. That we are the product of what we consume. And as the saying goes, that we are, that we are, that we are what we eat. That you are what you consume. The thing is, and I'm going to get to my point, is Jesus said labor for the meat. Don't labor for the meat which perisheth, but labor for the meat that doesn't. And I'm, I'm telling you is that we consume. We, we consume all day. Is We consume when we look at social media. We consume when we keep on scrolling through the videos. We consume... We consume knowledge, we consume information when we read the news and when we have a conversation. And the thing is that we are what we eat, we are, we are what we consume. And let's go to John chapter 6 verse 26. Verse 26. Uh, you know what, I'm going I'm to start at verse... Uh, I'm going to start at verse 25. And when they found him on the other side of the sea, they said unto him, Rabbi, when camest thou hither? Jesus answered and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Ye seek me not because ye saw the miracles. This is when Jesus, he fed the multitude the first time. He said, Ye seek me not because ye saw the miracles, but because ye did eat of the loaves and were filled. In verse 27, and he goes to say, labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you, for him hath God the Father sealed. It says that because of the loaves, that the bread, that, that this meat is the bread. And, and I'm going to make more sense right now. Matthew chapter 4, 4 says this. Matthew chapter 4, 4, it says, But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And John 6, 33 says this. John 6, 33 says this. For the bread of God is, is he which cometh down from heaven. Who came down from heaven? It was Jesus. And giveth life unto the world. What gives life? It's Jesus. That Jesus is the bread which came down from heaven. Who's Jesus? That Jesus is the word made flesh. That Jesus is the word of God. That this bread, that this bread that man shall live by is Jesus. That man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. That the things that you consume in your life other than Jesus is not going to lead to eternal life. But it's the word of God. It's Jesus. And John 6, 63 says this. It's, you know what's so amazing is how he, the scripture connects. Like it's so beautiful. John 6, 63 says this. It is the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Amen. 
His word is life. That this meat is the bread. And the bread is Jesus. And Jesus is the word. Am I making sense, guys? Yes. Amen. I'm glad I'm making sense. Because it would be really embarrassing if I didn't. <laughs> okay. And sometimes I feel like that, you know. And Jesus says, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. And I was, I was thinking about this today. It just blew my mind. He said, Blessed are they which hunger and thirst after righteousness. And these are. Can I go to a restaurant and order a plate of righteousness? No. Why? Can I go to Speedway? Can I get a 44 ounce of righteousness? No. Okay, that's, man, that's, that's disappointing. I thought he. So Jesus had sh has showed us so far that the meat is the will and the word of God and that this life lived as a Christian cannot be seen in the flesh or operated by the flesh, but it's a life lived by spirit and in truth. And let's go to Luke chapter 17. 17 verse 20. This is, this is so awesome. And when he was demanded of the Pharisees when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God cometh not with observation. That's why you can't get a plate of righteousness. That's why you can't get a cup of righteousness. It's because the kingdom of God does not come by observation. Because the Bible says that the true worshipers are going to worship the, the Father in spirit and in truth. Amen. The place, and the thing is, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they were so, they were so stuck in their ways. It's because their kingdom, I could observe. When they fasted, they would... They would color their faces and they would look all, you know, they would look all disfigured. They would go in the streets and they would say their long prayers and they would, they would, they would ask alms, you know, and they, they would be all extra. That their kingdom was by observation when you looked at the temple. But there was, there was something new that was coming that Jesus said that, there, that the kingdom of God come, it doesn't come by observation. Amen. That when I go when I go to the lost, that I'm not going to be giving them something physical, but I'm going to be giving them so much more, something so much more priceless. You as well, the believer as well, that you're going to when you go out there and when you put your hands to the plow and when you go to the lost and when you go to the broken, that you you have something within you that is priceless. You have something in you that is so powerful, and that is the Holy Ghost. Amen. The thing is, back in the day, the priests would have to go to the temple. They would have to sacrifice something in order to atone for the people. And their sins would be pushed back a year. They would have to do this and that. They would have to go to the brazen labor. They would have to go to the table of shoe bread and the altar of incense. To do all this for mankind. To atone for mankind. But I can go to the stranger on the street. What do you need? 
You need some healing in your body? You, you, you got a disease? You got a tumor? You got cancer? Okay, let me pray for you. We don't have to go to the temple. We don't have to go over there, over there. We can, we can have some church right here and right now. Oh, you want to be saved? You want to repent? Okay, let's repent together. Okay, say with me. Hey, Lord, have mercy on me. Lord, forgive me. Lord, I plead the blood. Hey, you know, I know a place. We have a baptismal font. It's already filled up right now. And we can baptize you in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm telling you that the kingdom of God does not come by observation. And, and, and let me finish. And, and, and this is what it says. And it, neither shall they say, lo here or lo there. For behold, the kingdom of God is within you. Amen. Lo, the kingdom of God is not the Hill of Valley Pentecostal Church, but the kingdom of God is within you, amen, and hallelujah. The kingdom of God is within you, that you have the power to bring salvation to your school, that you have the power to bring salvation in the kingdom to, to your job, to your school, to your friends, to your family. Isn't that amazing? That we can bring the kingdom of God. That we can bring the kingdom of God wherever with us. It's literally the step of a finger. We can bring the kingdom of God wherever we go. And I'm telling you, the meat of the kingdom of God will fulfill you. It will give you purpose. It will give you destiny. And the reason why you don't feel fulfilled in this room, some of you, is because you don't believe that the kingdom of God is within you. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. That you don't believe that the kingdom of God is in you. Man, I'm telling you that we, inside of us, is the day of Pentecost. Inside of you is the Azusa Street Revival. In you is the Welsh Revival. In you is Dragon Eyes to an open amen. But we tell our friends and our family, hey, go here and you're going to get salvation. Go, go to this place. I'm not knocking this place. But you don't have to wait to take someone to church to show them the kingdom. Amen. You know what? This is not my notes. But did you know that the Israelites had more fire church in the wilderness than when they, when they got to the promised land? Do, do, do you, you get what I'm saying? It's when the church is mobile where we're going to start seeing some things. When the church is mobile. You're going to start seeing miracles. You're going to start seeing things that you never have when you start being mobile. The harvest is not in here. We're the harvesters. The harvest is out there. Amen. Let's go to John, and this is my ending right here. Let's go to John, John chapter 6, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read a lot right now. It is written in the prophets, and they shall all be taught of God. Every man, therefore, that hath heard and hath learned of the Father cometh unto me. You know, I'm going to keep on going. Hold up. 
Uh, John uh, 6:48. I am the bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven, that a man may eat thereof and not die. Amen. Hallelujah. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. The Jews therefore strove among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except ye eat of the flesh of the Son of Man, and drink his blood, ye have no life in you. And I'm going to give some context to the story as well, that Jesus is feeding the multitude. He's feeding over 5,000 people, and he starts preaching this way. Amen. Whoso eateth, oh, I read that. For my flesh is the meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. As the living Father has sent me, and I live by the Father. So he that eateth me, it, even he shall live by me. This is that bread which came down from heaven. Not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead, but he that eateth of this bread shall live forever. If you want to live forever, you have to partake of the meat of the kingdom of God, which is the word and the will of God. You want to live forever? You, you want to go and make it into the kingdom of God? You want your family to be saved? Then start partaking of the meat of the kingdom of God, which is the word and the will of God. Start doing the will of God. I'm preaching to myself that I need to start doing the will of God. I need to start obeying more. I need to start having some more faith. Amen and Hallelujah. These things said he in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. Okay. And, and he says this. It is the spirit that quickeneth. In verse 63. The flesh profiteth nothing. The word that speaketh I unto you. They are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you that believe not, for Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not and who should betray him. And I'm getting somewhere with this. And he said, therefore, said I unto you, that no man can come unto the Father except that it were given unto him of my Father. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. And this, and, and this is what the meat of the kingdom of God is. It's good that you go out and you feed the homeless. It is good that you go out and, and you, you meet people's you know, physical needs. It's good that we do that. And this is, this is what Jesus did. Is Jesus, Jesus brought the multitude. He blessed them in the physical with physical meat. But he started preaching the spiritual meat to them. Jesus gathered the multitude by miracles, wonders, etc. He fed them with physical food and then fed them with spiritual meat. Through the preaching of the word, we see that people stayed for the fish and the, and the bread, but rejected the meat from heaven. Not everybody wants the words of Jesus. It says right here, it says, from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. That there are people that are going to go through those doors that they just want the prayer with anointing oil. They want to go to the potlucks and they want to do this and they want to sit and they want to feel good. But when the preaching start, it starts getting hard. 
But you better not cut your hair. A woman needs to dress like a woman. A man needs to dress like a man. A man needs to act like a man. You need to be holy for the Lord God is holy. You need to repent. You need to turn from your wicked ways. And there's going to be some people. <laughs> there's some people that's left is because they cannot handle the word of God. But blessed, but blessed are you that has endured the hard preaching like that and have stayed. <clears throat> then said Jesus unto the twelve, will you also go away? Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And we believe and are sure that thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus answered them, have not I chosen you twelve, and one of you has a devil? He spake of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, for he it was that should betray him, being one of the twelve. Let's go to Jude, let's go to Jude, uh, Jude uh, chapter 1, verse 12. And this is my closing right now. These are spots in your feast of charity when they feast with you. Feeding themselves without fear. Clouds they are without water. Carried about of the winds. Trees whose fruit withereth without fruit. Twice dead and plucked by the roots. You know the scariest verse? Is, this, is, this is the scariest verse in my opinion. For it says that there are spots in your feast. That there are people who feed themselves without fear. Partaking in the word of God. Without a care or an ounce of reverence towards God. Judas was in the crowd. He ate the fish. He ate the bread. He heard the hard sayings and still walked with Jesus. You know, and I was beginning to think about this today. Do you think Judas ever feared Jesus? Do you think Judas ever had reverence toward Jesus? Because it says right here in Jude chapter 1 verse 12 it, 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 that it says that these are the spots in your feast of charity when they feast with you. This is talking about a church setting. This is talking about when people, they sit in the pews and they hear the word of God and they feed on the word of God and they're not even moved. They don't even move. They don't even respond. They're like, everything's fine. Do you... Am I making sense? Yeah. I was beginning to think about that. Did, did Judas, did Judas, oh Jesus, you're so full of love, you're so full of peace. Oh, you know what? He went through the, you know, Judas, he went through the motions of saying rabbi and master. But do we have the same attitude when we say amen minister and yes pastor? The true me is from above, not below. Because everything on this earth is perishing right before your very eyes. And to, to exhort you guys in the word, let's go to Revelation 3, verse 20. And, and you guys can stand. This is what Jesus says pertaining of the meat of the kingdom of God. Is Jesus says this. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice, and Joel, would you like to come up here? 
Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and I will sup with him and he with me. Jesus is knocking on the door of your hearts right now. That Jesus is not going to come and enter in. He's not, he's not here to eat physical food with you. But Jesus, his desire is that you get his word in your heart. He, want, he wants to feed you. He wants to give you fulfillment. He wants to give you purpose. He wants to give you destiny. He said, behold, I stand at the door and I knock. But you have to open. You have to open to him. And like I said in the beginning, that there is not a famine of bread and water, but it's a famine of the word of God. Jesus Christ is eager to sit at the table. He wants more than anything to sit at the table with us and feed us his words because they are life. Jesus Christ, the parables that he spoke were not for the prideful, but they were for the meek and humble. Throughout the 66 books in this Bible right here, and thousands of pages and hundreds of stories, that there are two choices that we have. We're either going to serve him and be a faithful servant, or we're just going to be disobedient, a worker of iniquity, but it doesn't have to be that way. And like I said, that Jesus is coming back soon. Nathaniel's talked about it. Pastors talked about it. The evangelists have talked about it. That the signs are there. That he's coming back soon. And I, just to remind you that he's coming back for a church without wrinkle and without spot and blemish. He's coming back for a bride who's made herself ready. And let's, let's just leave this place. Knowing that you can be a sower, knowing that you can be a reaper, knowing that you have the words to eternal life, that you have the gospel, that the kingdom of God is within you, that you have everything that you need. You have everything that you need. You have, you have an anointing on your life. Let's not be afraid. Let's not be afraid. Let's, let's just, just let's close our eyes and let's just lift our hands toward heaven. Lord Jesus Christ, we, we come before you with a sense of urgency, Lord God. Lord, I speak for myself, God, that I, I have I've been lukewarm. Lord Jesus, I speak for myself, that God, that I have been, I've been distracted. Lord Jesus, I, I know that I've come in here, Lord Jesus, in the mornings, Lord. You know, just wanting to check off the, 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 the boxes off the checklist. Just wanting to just read my word and pray. Just to say that I did, Lord Jesus. But I pray, God, that, that you can give us the grace, give us the strength, Lord Jesus Christ. That, God, that we can just shake off the distraction. That we can shake off these things, Lord. That we can enter into your presence with intention, with expectation, Lord Jesus Christ. That, God, that we can come in here, Lord Jesus Christ, and truly leave different than when we came in, Lord Jesus. That, God, that chains, God, chains would be broken in this place. That the things that we've been struggling with, God, here in this season, that we can have victory over them. That, God, that we can continue to grow and can continue, Lord Jesus, pressing toward the mark. Waiting, awaiting for your kingdom, Lord Jesus Christ. Holding hands with our loved ones. 
holding hands with the people that we've made friends with, people that we've preached the gospel to, awaiting and keeping watch before your return. Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you and we worship you. And we say these things in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And we all said amen. Amen. God is so good. Amen. Amen. Hey, before you leave, I know, I know, uh, before you leave, uh, we just need to keep, we need to keep our pastor in prayer. And, uh, and we just need to pray for one another. I know everybody feels like everything, everybody got stuff to do, important things to do, but we need to pray for one another. Amen. Amen. There's a lot of things going on. And uh, there's a lot of situations and we all do get distracted. We all do run on E every now and then. And, and again, I do. And uh, that's why we need one another. We need uh, each other. And um, just uh, don't forget this Sunday we have we have a, the Mejias. Amen. Bring somebody and be praying for that service. Amen. Amen. The Bible says that there's a famine of the hearing of the word. It's because they don't want to hear it. They want to go home and go to sleep. They want to go home and make breakfast. They want to watch television. They want to go. Go, go, go. But uh, we need to linger in the presence of the Lord. A.W. Tozer said, if you want, you, want per you want a perfect social, you want your social religion to be good, then your private religion needs to be purified. You want to have good church? Have a good personal relationship with Jesus Christ. You want to have good prayer at church? Then have a good prayer life at home. Don't come here trying to ride my coattail because I might be having a bad day. But if you have your own prayer life, and I have mine, amen, how much better it would be when someone comes off, of the, off the street with no prayer life and they can, they can ride on us, you know? That's what we need to do. Amen. God bless you. We love you. Thank you for the preaching of the word. You're dismissing Jesus' name. Amen.